I really want to talk about the labeling of foods that is done in diet culture and most of us don't even think about it. And this nonsense needs to stop. Now, this topic was suggested by Christy. She is Christy Reimagined on Instagram. So if you're not connected with her, head on over there, check her out, have a conversation, and uh, give her a follow. Now, here's the thing. If you start labeling foods, good and bad, and you eat those foods that are either good or bad, you will start labeling yourself eventually good and bad, or your days good and bad, or your meals good and bad. Good and bad need to be removed from your vocabulary when it comes to weight loss, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to all things that are just choices with this stuff. You're going to make choices. Some you could look at and say this is a better choice than another. But you know the other thing when we label it good and bad, we don't know what we're basing this on. Are we basing this on ingredient quality? Who's deciding what ingredients are, are quality and not? Are we basing this on calories? Are we basing this on some macronutrient breakdown? What exactly determines whether or not something is good or bad? Now, here's the deal. If you want to lose weight, you're going to have to eat a lot of nutrient-dense, relatively low cal lower calorie, or foods that are have way more nutrients in them than just empty calories. So what this ends up being is you're going to have to limit the processed foods that you eat. You're not going to have to exclude them. There's going to be some that you might even be able to have on a daily basis. But really what it comes down to, before you don't put any labels on food anyway, but if you're going to label them, at least build a plan around your choices first. Build your own eating plan. Now, every single diet will give you a list of approved foods, and some of them will even go as far as saying if you eat within the plan, you're compliant. If you don't eat within the plan, you're non-compliant or you get penalized somehow. This is all a slippery slope. What I will tell you is look at the foods that you enjoy eating, figure out a way to work them into your eating plan regularly. There's certain things that I really like to eat. I like eating pizza. So I got a couple solutions for that. I like going to the grocery store, picking up a, a California Pizza Kitchen thin crust pizza because usually thinner crust, you're going to have less calories. And these, these pizzas, in reference to other uh, store-bought pizzas, are going to be a little bit smaller. So because the crust is thinner and because the pizza is smaller, there's going to be less calories in that. And if I decide to crush an entire pizza, it's going to be less than 1,000 calories. If what happens most often, which is I end up splitting this with my son, then it's about five or so hundred calories. We also have a place in the area here, and I, I put a picture uh, up on Instagram and Facebook about a week or so ago. Uh, it's called the Bourbon House, and they have Chicago deep dish pizza. I like this stuff, but I probably only have the deep dish pizza two, we'll say three times a year. Because, you know, I might want, I, I think I've had one this year. I might want to have two more before the end of the year. You never know. Um, and it's like just a really thick, um, it, it's, it's almost a casserole. 
okay? It's got so much stuff in it, and it's heavy. You have to eat it with a fork and knife. Um, I like pizza. I figure out how I'm going to fit it in, but I don't eat it every day. I'll eat the, th- the thin crust whenever I really am thinking, hey, I, I want this. And I'll have the deep dish um, a few times a year. And then in between that, you know, we like Papa John's here. Maybe we'll get Papa John's and breadsticks. I don't know. However often. It's usually no more than once a month. So, you know, there's that. I like pizza. That's how pizza fits in. How do I fit chocolate chip cookies into my eating plan? I don't keep them in the house. Because if I make chocolate chip cookies, I can I can make um, – I could get a thing of chocolate chip cookie mix and I could make three dozen – cookies and I could literally sit here especially during football season and I could mow an entire pack box of chocolate chip cookies. I I don't keep cookies in general in the house normally because like I could eat all of them. So what do I do? I wait till I'm like like if I'm out somewhere and they've got one of those like if if there's a bakery and they have these those massive cookies that are the size of your head, I'll get an oatmeal raisin cookie or I'll get a chocolate chunk cookie somewhere. I don't feel guilty about it. What about the, you know, so like there's no real set time on that, but just kind of in general, I don't keep chocolate chip cookies in the house. I do keep dark chocolate in the house. I could eat dark chocolate squares every day. I could have two dark chocolate squares. I'll either have them with um, with some fruit, so either uh, bananas or cherries or strawberries, or I'll, you know, get – Cold Stone Creamery style with the ice cream. I'll crush them up. I'll get some of that low calorie ice cream that I like, the the slow churned ice cream. It like still tastes like ice cream. It's not like diet ice cream. It still tastes like ice cream. It's like a hundred calories for half a cup. I'll get a coffee mug. I'll put the dark chocolate in there. I'll put the ice cream in there, and I'll put some fruit in with it. Usually strawberries because I love strawberries, and I'll make a sundae out of it. That whole thing we're probably talking not even three hundred calories. And I, I eat that regularly. But some people would say the chocolate is, even though it's 85% dark, that that's, that's a bad food. They'd say definitely, you can't have ice cream every day. Yeah, I could. I can make it fit. What about coffee? I don't track my coffee. Even when I'm tracking food. Like, it, it was funny. I used to really, really hate tracking my food because I didn't want to allow calories. Like, I didn't want to put calories in for coffee. I didn't want to measure out two tablespoons of half and half. I thought that was stupid. I didn't want to like, you know, if I put sugar in my coffee, I didn't want to be like, oh, two packs of sugar. So I just don't track my coffee. It's fine. I don't miss knowing exactly what those calories are. And if I go to like Starbucks or somewhere and I get, um, you know, one of their beverages, which let's be honest, if you're drinking a 300 calorie beverage, let's call it a snack or a dessert because that's what it is. But none of this stuff is completely off limits. If you put labels on food that are good or bad or good or bad labels on anything, health and fitness, when you start doing the things that are labeled quote unquote good, you're going to have an overinflated view of what you're actually doing. And when you do the things that are labeled bad, you're going to have an, you're, you're going to be getting into your head about it. Now, why would you say, well, Daryl, you talk about how weight loss is all about manipulating the situation. So, like, shouldn't you feel really, really good 
about you know when you when you eat six servings of produce a day, shouldn't you feel good about that? Yeah, unless you're justifying eating a triple bacon cheeseburger with fries with garlic fries because you had your six servings and then you're wondering why you're not losing weight which by the way like it it all comes back to your your situation i'm not calling the the cheeseburger a bad thing i like burgers too i like burgers the size of my head i probably eat those a couple times a year And, you know, I, I, it really comes down to, like, if you're wanting to lose weight, you're going to have to keep an eye on the, the types of processed foods that you eat. But you're not going to have to eliminate them completely. And you're certainly not going to have to label them good or bad. Because even if we have, let, let's say that we're looking at <clears throat> single ingredient foods that are high fiber, have no added sugar because they're single ingredient um, so we're talking about like produce, we're talking about fruit, we're talking about, and then let's, let's say that we're talking about, um, some carbohydrates sources that are, um, you know, just single items like potatoes, like, you know, like rice, things that, that haven't been layered and had a bunch of calories added to them that you're not really, you know, noticing when you're eating them. Let's say foods like foods like that are, are a perfect 10. Yeah, I just said rice could be a perfect 10. What does that mean? Well, it means that you measure out what a serving of rice is or, or less than a serving of rice, and you put that as, as something that goes along with, with your dinner that you had. Or you, you do one baked potato, and then you, 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 um, you know, load it up the way that you like it. A single-size baked potato. You know, like these are actual foods. Are they going to be the the ten based on like our our um, our scale? Maybe not. They're going to be pretty high. Probably going to be like a an eight. And what you're going to find is when you when you're trying to lose weight, and you're eating actual food. A lot of those choices are going to be sevens and eights, and you're going to have some processed stuff in there. And there's some processed stuff that's like you know high in fiber, doesn't have a lot of a lot of ingredients in it. But has been processed. I'd put the dark chocolate in with that. On that one to ten scale, if we've got some whole foods that are sevens and eights, that's probably a six. You're gonna eat a lot of six, sevens, and eights. Doesn't mean it's good or bad. It's like we're just looking at something on a common scale and trying to put a, a grade around it. But it's a slippery. It, it's so slippery when we start putting yes or no labels on things. One because you can't decide you know, what the criteria is because everybody's going to view certain things. Like some people would look at eating an entire avocado as, you know, a 10. Others, because of the calorie content, would say that's, even though there's some nutrition in there, maybe it's a five. But the ultimate thing here is you don't want to be labeling foods. Labeling foods, not only getting you, not only does that get you to be, you know, putting labels on not only the food but yourself, you become fixated on things. It's very easy to become obsessive then. But you should, Daryl, you should be aware of what you're eating. Yes. But does it need to be to this extent? Now look, I, I get what I'm saying this. You've got a whole history with food. It's complicated. 
your history is different than mine, which is different than somebody else's. You may need to sort through that with, with a mental health professional. If you're on the fence, if you've been thinking about that, like even in the slightest degree, make the appointment. Get the proper referral. It's serious stuff. But in the world that I'm trying to create, which is that we stop this diet culture nonsense, labeling stuff good and bad and, and eating all the good foods and then when we don't lose weight on one particular way and say, oh, it was this, it was the bad. I'm glad I figured out what caused me to lose weight. Give me a friggin' break. You didn't figure out anything. You were told by a slickly marketed program what you should and should not eat. They might have thrown some research in there too, some statistics to back it up. You didn't find out anything. You only find out by looking at the foods that you like to eat, building an eating plan around them, and then tracking the things that you need to track. And then if you're trying to lose weight, you know, as time goes on every couple of weeks, do a progress update. Get on the scale, take a waist measurement, take some progress photos, put that stuff to the side. And then six to eight months down the road, look at this stuff and say, hey, how are we doing with this? Well, what if I need to figure out the solution? What if I need an elimination diet? Talk to your doctor. There's situations where you should do an elimination diet. You got to get your foundation right first. The foundation starts with, beating your, with, with developing your own eating plan based around your preferences. You do that, then you can start looking at other things to put on top of it or in addition to it. The problem we have is that we are relied on companies, brands to tell us how we should do this stuff or influencers influencers that if you get down to it have never really developed the foundation for why it is they do what they do they couldn't tell you they followed what somebody else said it's worked to the, for them to this point if you don't have the foundation down solid you're going to slip eventually and then when you slip you're not going to know how to get back to it and then what are you going to do? You're going to look to like these nonsensical tactics of like, you know, starting and stopping and restarting and let's do this challenge and let's do this thing for a week and this for two days and let's detox and let's restart. This is all garbage. And this all does come back to like labeling foods and labeling choices good and bad. Don't do it, please. This is counter to what you're going to hear and see within the weight loss community. I totally get that. But the reason that labeling foods good and bad is not a good idea is because eventually you start labeling your choices and then yourself good and bad. You're good. You're good enough as is. You've gotten to the point where you are right now, okay? You might have some weight to lose. It's all right. If you're listening to this podcast, you're starting to figure some stuff out. That if you focus on the things that are within your control, you know, your actions that eating plan that you are trying to follow, that exercise routine that you're, you're starting to get into. If you do that stuff consistently and then you realize that, you know what, I am capable, I am doing this, and I've always been good enough to do this stuff. I've just been busy or I've had other things I was focusing on. It's all good. You realize that you're good enough. You just do this stuff consistently, it's going to take care of itself. If there's some like 
allergies or intolerances or things that come up along the way, cool, talk to your doctor about it. See what you need to do. If, if you think that you know, you're not able to, to break up with the past relationship that you have with food, awesome, talk to your doctor about that, about getting a referral. Get off of this spiral that is diet culture. I hate diet culture. I'm done with diet culture. We're going to stop diet culture. You and I, we're stopping it right here, right now. One of the things you do to stop it is you stop participating in this garbage where we label things good, bad. What's good is you. What's bad is this nonsense. You want to label something bad? This nonsense of labeling foods and saying that I got to have cheat meals and cheat days. Here's the deal. You feel like you got to cheat on your diet, it's time to break up. That's it. You feel like you need to cheat on your diet, it's time to break up. If the way that you're eating right now isn't something that you feel like you're going to be able to stick with for the rest of your life, you need to rebuild your eating plan. I'll tell you what, you're going to get into to what a lot of folks are going to call maintenance, which is basically when you're done losing weight, but you're still like, you know, you're just maintaining. Guess what? The stuff you did to get into maintenance is pretty much what you're going to be doing to maintain. If you go back to, if you go, you know, if, if you um, lose the weight in a really restrictive way and then really, and then loosen the reins, then you're going to put some weight back on. Now, is that a bad thing? Maybe not. Maybe you're too restricted to be to begin with. You're like, I got here through restriction. I'm going to relax things a little bit. You gain some weight, and you're like, ah, hey, cool. I'm cool with living this way. I'm going to continue to eat this way for the rest of my life. But if you rebel hard because what you did was so restrictive, and now you're just you know eating to to cope and to make up for lost time, you could end up right back where you started. We don't want that. So let's stop labeling foods good and bad. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Let me know. You can either DM me on Instagram. I'm at your level fitness, or you can email me. That is Daryl at your Thank you as always for listening. And thank you again to Christy for suggesting this topic again on Instagram. She is Christy imagined. So uh, go ahead and check her out. Shoot her a DM and uh, give her a follow. So thank you for listening today. And I will talk to you again real soon.